We live. We back. You know we back. What's up, everybody? It's the Hybrid Speaks podcast. It's a dumb intro. Really dumb intro. Jeez, I got to make these things more high quality, man. I, I can't. Got to start getting on a script, really, because, you know, some of the stuff I stay here is it's pathetic. It's pathetic. It's like, you know, talking off the cuff. I can really say some things that are contradictory. I can say things that are absurd, off the wall. You know, I can also go off the rails sometimes when I'm ranting about a player, a prospect, an organization, a front office, or even an aspect of life. Or how my dog is chewing up ice cubes right in front of me and is possibly making some noise that the viewer can hear in the background. Then again, you guys know why I make this podcast. I'm going to give you the breakdown of who this podcast is intended for. 95% for money. 5% for my enjoyment. And 0% for the viewer's enjoyment. Now, this may come as a big surprise to certain people. This show is all about money. Soon as I get the chance to sell this, 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 uh, this low-quality operation to some big network, I'm doing it. But for the time being, we got to make some high-quality stuff. We do. We got to get on their radar. And this is how we're doing it today. The last guest that I had on, Nick Bang, he was a great guest. You know, he... Real uh, made the show a lot more energetic for sure, uh, because as you know, I, I, I'm quite a lethargic person when I want to be. Uh, I guess we can start off this show by saying the, uh, the what seems to be a weekly tradition of uh, me describing how hurt I am from my workout. Uh, so I've been lifting over the past uh, two days going to start getting on that program. And I feel like my arms have been ripped apart by two Tyrannosaurus Rexes, like in the Jurassic World movies. That's what I feel like right now. And I know you're, you're oozing with sorrow for, uh, uh, for me. You're, you're, you're so on, on, it's like, this guy has a terrible life. It's awful. It, it, uh, see, I'm a really dramatic person, man. I I, I want to, you know, I I want to get maybe like fifty minutes to to spill all my um, all my emotions out on this show, and that's why we're going to be converting to only one episode that comes out on the weekends, right? You know, on the weekends, but it's going to be more high quality. It's not going to be these fifteen minute little shorts, a little cute bunny type stuff. No, we are starting to get legit. I'm going to get a mic soon. I might have to sell my Xbox. I might have to sell one of my Carmelo Anthony jerseys. It might just have to happen. But we are going to get sponsors soon. And we're going to get guests soon. And would you look at that? We got a guest right next to us. Would you please introduce yourself? My dear cousin. And and a total friend of the show. High quality guy. You know, stand up. The model citizen. Gavin Kelly. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. 
You are. You're doing great. So if you didn't know, Gavin Kelly is very knowledgeable about sports, right? You know, probably more knowledgeable than you. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe, although not likely, maybe on my level. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying that could be a possibility that he might be on my level of knowledge because, of course, I know everything about sports. So, you know, you, you can't really it, – it's, it's hard to say that, but, you know, for, for sure. But he's getting there. I, I, I mean, I think, I think that is a discussion that we need to have. Okay, so Gavin Kelly, I brought him on the show. Uh, you can follow him at – what's your Instagram, sir? I don't use Instagram. You do not use Instagram. What is your Snapchat, sir? Hold up. I got – I barely use Snapchat. Okay, well, we're going to plug you anyways because, you know, that's the type of stuff that we do on this show. Uh, where the hell are you? All right, ladies and gentlemen, just had to take a quick intermission there. We were dealing with some technical difficulties. We can actually find Gavin. You, the viewer, can follow today's guest. It's crazy. You can follow him at Gavin K. Remember, keep that K lowercase, 518. That's Gavin K, 518. Now, let's get into this. Now, I've, I've messed around for enough. Gavin Kelly is a big, big, big New England Patriots fan. Boston. Big, Boston, big right Boston sports fan. Oh, totally. And today, we are going to give uh, our insight – I'm going to be asking him some questions because, you know, he is the Patriots fan uh, locally. You know, I, to me, I've never been a huge fan of, of the New England Patriots. You know, I saw them get wrecked in the uh, 2015 AFC Championship, and I just said, Mom, we're going to the Super Bowl, and got in that tub and thought of how my Broncos were going to the Super Bowl, and that was one of the best experiences of my life. But that had to come at the expense of my dear cousin, who was crying for he knew that the dynasty that was the evil empire was about to cease to exist. But wait, one year later, they win a Super Bowl. One year later, they lose the Super Bowl. However, with the MVP of the league on their roster, one year later, they win a Super Bowl against possibly one of the greatest defensive of all time. And with the greatest defensive showing by an NFL head coach in Super Bowl history, shutting down that Rams offense. And then in 2020, the Tennessee Titans emerged from the depths of the AFC South to reclaim the title of the most successful nine and seven team in football. Because on that foggy day, I remember it so clearly. I was watching on my phone. My Broncos had already been sent home for the season. And I watched as those Tennessee Titans took Tom Brady apart, and Derrick Henry was having none of that Patriots defensive front. It was crazy. And then in 2021, the greatest player in their franchise's history, Tom Brady, bounced for South Florida, where he would fire the cannons and win his seventh Super Bowl ring, and the New England Patriots would fall off a cliff, going 7-9 and nine and are currently owning the 15th overall pick in the draft, which 
coincidentally, is what we are about to talk about right now. Gavin Kelly, who do you want the Patriots to draft with the number 15 pick? Before you go, I'm going to give you two options, and you're going to tell me which one you like more. Then, after we finish this little quiz, I'm going to give my insight on it, and I'm going to have you, because you are the Patriots expert, I'm going to have you tell me your three ideal picks that may not have been on here. Devontae Smith or Quit from, uh, who, if you didn't know, stud Heisman winning Alabama receiver, and Quiddy Pay, an edge rusher from Michigan. Which one? I love Smith, but Quiddy Pay, Belichick loves his defense. He loves the defense. He loves having a strong defense, shaking up quarterbacks. I think I would have to go Quiddy Pay because. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Our mic has cut out. We apologize for this inconvenience. And we would hope that the viewer at home just takes a minute and really, really take in how low quality this show actually is. That our mic cut out on us. This won't happen for much longer, folks. If you promote the show, then we'll be able to buy a mic and it's all going to be good because we're going to get matched with sponsors. Now, back to regularly scheduled programming. Devontae Smith or Quiddy Pay? Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay, 100%. He's yeah. strong. He's, he's a freak athlete. He's, he's exactly what Belichick loves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that Quiddy Pay's wrong stuffing ability is going to be really good for them. Uh, but the Devontae Smith is somebody who has been consistently mocked to, fifth, uh, to 15 uh, for the Patriots. So I'm wondering... Do you think that Devontae Smith can be a number one receiver in the NFL? It depends on where he goes and what quarterback, who's his quarterback. But with the New England Patriots, he would absolutely not be a number one wide receiver. Belichick does not like to take those risks deep downfield, and that is what Devonta Smith does. Belichick, I'm gonna, he, we, we don't want Devonta Smith. You don't want Devontae Smith, so you are speaking for the entire <laughs> section of New England when you say – we don't want you, Devontae. You just pack your bags and head to New York because we don't want you here in Boston. Is that, is that correct? Correct. That's correct. Okay, so another uh, interesting another interesting position of need uh, for the uh, Patriots is the linebacker position. So I am going to give you two options. Micah Parsons who has recently fallen into many mock drafts due to uh, disgusting personal issues, and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame. This one's tough. This one's really tough. I mean, we, we, we re-signed Kyle Van Noy. We brought him back really good. You guys brought back Kyle Van Noy? Yeah, yeah. Dolphins, really? remember, Dolphins released him. They're looking for a trade. They cut Kyle Van Noy. Patriots come back, swoop him. So we have our pass, We have our number one pass-covering linebacker back. Okay. And I would have to go with Jeremiah Owusu Kamara. Pass rush. We want I want that pass rush. We need the, yeah. the run stuffer. We need the guy that's gonna get to the quarterback, put him under pressure, force the ball deep downfield to, you know, Gilmore, JC Jackson, Jonathan Jones, whoever. Yeah. When we when we uh when we uh what's it called? When uh I was watching some some film on uh Koromoa, I just 
I got blown away because of some of his abilities just in uh, being able to read uh, pre-snap motions was incredible. He would make these really creative plays, and I think that he's a smart guy, uh, definitely a leader on that uh, up, up there uh, in Indiana, uh, Notre Dame for sure. Uh, so you are picking Jeremiah Wusakoromo over the hybrid and consistently mocked number one uh, linebacker in the class, Micah Parsons. Yeah, I mean, Micah Parsons, We, I, as I just said, we have Kyle Van Noy back. Kyle Van Noy, really, really good pass coverage. We have Kyle Duggar, who's young, coming into his second season. He's really good in pass coverage. He can come down filling up linebacker like he did. So I, I think we, we need to go with the, the strong pass rusher. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And speaking of strong pass rushers, there is one, to me at least, that stands out above the rest in this class. And that is Jalen Phillips from the University of Miami. Would you rather him or a cornerback? J.C. Horn or Caleb Farley versus Jalen Phillips? I have to 100% go Jalen Phillips. I mean, the Patriots have Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones. You know, we have, we have a really good secondary. We, yeah. don't need, we don't need an extra corner. Yes. And we also have, what's his name? Um, forget his name. We, we drafted a corner second round two years ago. He's tall. Now, anyways, but we don't need a corner. We don't need a corner. We need the pass rush. Yeah. That's, what, that's what we need. Big need. Big need Jalen Phillips. And, and to me, he is almost a lock to be the best defensive player out of this class. Um, it, injury issues held him back for sure. Uh, at Miami, but you know, he is to me the best rusher on his team. And that's a big, uh, that's a big compliment because this six, six Gregory Rousseau dude's no joke either. Um, I do think that, you know, Bill has never been one to shy away from paying secondary members. So if he were to get a rookie corner there that he could develop possibly, you know, Gilmore's getting up there in age. So I'm just, you know, I'm throwing it out there seeing if it's a, um, if it is a, uh, if it is an option. So last, uh, last um, comparison that I want to you know, throw out there. There is a quarterback and we've spoken about this quarterback many times, you know, uh, his name is Mac Jones from the university of Alabama, Heisman finalist, you know, really, uh, really, um, Got some some great numbers there. Uh, broke many SEC records. Um, one of the greatest college quarterbacks uh, I've ever seen personally. Uh, but there are questions about how his game will translate to the NFL. Uh, I have not given my opinion on Mac Jones yet. I will not give my opinion on Mac Jones yet until uh, this episode is over. But would you rather him or Christian Darisaw, an offensive lineman from Virginia Tech? So this is really tough. Because Christian Darrisaw, we, we don't exactly need offensive linemen right now, but Isaiah Wynn is a question whether he can sustain a whole season. I mean, Isaiah Wynn's gotten hurt. His fifth year option is coming up. So Christian Darrisaw would be perfect to put on that left side to protect Great him. Great run blocker, too. Oh, yeah. yeah perfect. What? For Damian Harris, that power. If we can get Harris going like he was last season, great. I'm going to have to go with Christian Darrisaw. Mac Jones' his accuracy is just scary. It's not It's not the greatest, you could say. He almost hit Bill Belichick with a pass in his throw front in, during his pro day. I mean, I don't, I don't like it. 
Yep. I don't like the Mac Jones pick either necessarily for them. Although that was not my opinion on Mac Jones. About to give a rant on him at the end of this, uh, this episode here. Um, Christian Darisaw to me, probably tackle number three in the class. I did. I love that pick for the Patriots. And to me, Spoiler, this is probably who I think the Patriots are going to draft in real life because offensive line is a need, as you said. Like, it, you could never have too many tackles. This guy has guard flexibility as well. I really do think not as much flexibility as uh, Rashawn Slater from North- Northwestern, but he has shown a lot of improvement. Uh, he's a f- terrific run blocker. Terrific. Uh And for what the Patriots are trying to do right now, I think that that is probably the best pick uh, available for them. Now, we're going to go into uh, some of the free agency acquisitions of the New England Patriots this year. The first, this man was a very high draft pick by the Philadelphia Eagles. Could not catch a ball. The man couldn't catch a ball. It's terrible. Damn shame. It's awful. Nelson Aguilar was quite, quite a disappointment for Birdland. But then he arrived in Las Vegas. And everything is looking up now because Nelson Aguilar had a career season uh, being thrown to by Derek Carr under John Gruden. Uh, He was clearly the best wide receiver on the team uh, above rookie sensation, uh, sensation in quotation marks, uh, Henry Ruggs. Nelson Aguilar has been rewarded for his efforts with a two-year, $22 million deal with the New England Patriots, a team that desperately needed a wide out one. Now, can Nelson Aguilar be that? I'm not sure. But he is signed to a very team-friendly contract. This contract is only $1 million this year, but with incentives to go up. And you will see with this team that a lot of these contracts are incentive-based, like Cam Newton's contract. But how do you think the Nelson Aguilar signing is going to be? How do you think that's going to work out? I think I think if, if he pans out and does really well, he'll get paid. If he doesn't, we're not paying him that much. If exactly. He, if he doesn't pay, pan out, you're not breaking the bank for him. We didn't blow all this money on him. If he doesn't pan out, he's not getting paid. So he has to he has to pan out. He's not going to sit back like an Albert Haynesworth and complete Albert Haynesworth. Yo, he signed Albert Haynesworth signed a massive contract with Washington, and that dude he lays on the ground as Mike Vick runs around him. I mean, Nelson Aguilar can't do that. He won't get paid if he does that. He is he's gonna have he's gonna be working out hard. He's gonna be going hard at it. Belichick's gonna love him. I think he's gonna do really well. Yeah, totally. I mean, I. I, I really love this this signing because it's so low risk. I mean, next year it is a $9 million contract, so that is a bit different, but they can just cut him after this year if they don't want to pay him that much. So honestly, I love this signing for the New England Patriots. I think it's pretty genius of him, uh, Bill Belichick to bring in a guy who can, you know, at least be a good wideout too. I mean, I, I don't really think he, he's on that level where he can be a wideout one uh, from what I've seen of him in the past, but – 
definitely a good move there. Uh, the next move that I want to talk about is probably the biggest move of the Patriots free agency, and that is signing former Baltimore Ravens defensive tackle. Defensive end. He's a defensive end? Yeah, he's an end rusher. He's an end rusher? Yeah. yeah he wears Dude, I always thought he was a tackle. Why does that? Well, Aaron Donald wears 99. Yeah, yeah. So is TJ Watt right now. Yeah, TJ Watt wears 90. Yeah. Judon's like Mac. He just can play anywhere. He can, yeah. I've always seen him at defensive tackle. I don't, well, I stand corrected. And this is why we have shows, or we have guests on this show. Because as, as, as far fetched as it may seem, I'm not always right. And, you know, I I get down on myself sometimes about it, but this is why we have guests on the show. And also why is to talk about the absolutely incredible signing that this was for the New England Patriots. How do you feel about this? I really liked it. The the last great pass rusher that the Patriots had was Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers was a menace. He was always back there messing with the quarterback. One of the big reasons Patriots beat the Falcons, he got back there messed with Matt Ryan. We need somebody that's going to get there, back there, mess with the quarterback. That is exactly what Matthew Judon does. He, he's like, he's a fear monger. He gets back there, scares the quarterback, you know, forces them to do something they don't want to do. That's what Belichick loves, putting their quarterbacks on, on edge. He, he likes them not going on their script. He wants them, you know, off running something else. Totally. I mean, the, Matthew Judon has been an anchor of Baltimore's defense for a while now. Of course, uh, this is one of the best defenses in the NFL, of course, boasting the likes of Yannick Ngakwe, Calais Campbell, and then corners such as Marcus Peters and uh, Marlon Humphrey. I believe John Johnson was on that team last year, too. John Johnson? I thought he was on the Rams. John Johnson? Yeah, he's on the Rams. My bad. Now he's on the Browns. Yeah, now he's on the Browns. Yeah, totally. Uh, I thought I could have sworn John Johnson. Yeah, John Johnson was the guy who I got really hyped for the Browns this year. I'm going to have a Cleveland show on the uh, fan on the show. Uh, but Matthew Judon, if you didn't know, he signed a four-year, $56 million contract. Uh, this is going to be very great for the Patriots just because, you know, you can't have too much pass rush. It doesn't exist. And if they address – now, now hold on. Here's, here's, here's a question that just popped into my mind. How are you going to feel about the signing if the Patriots addressed – pass rush in the draft because that is a possibility there are a lot of pass rushers that will be falling in the draft see i would like it you have two sides you have two sides the quarterback's blind side you, you can have either one you can draft like your jalen phillips or matthew judon one of them going for the quarterback's blind side the other one just straight rushing right at him i mean i would love to have the two edge i would love to have that you know two edge rushers just going right right at the quarterback always constant pressure you know, the defense, defense is Belichick's thing. Yeah, totally. So now we're going to talk about the two tight ends. Not one, but two tight ends that Bill Belichick has brought to New England. Tight end Hunter Henry from the Los Angeles Chargers, somebody who I am very familiar with for all the wrong reasons, was brought in on a three-year, $37 million contract. 24 million guaranteed. And they brought in John U. Smith as well. The hybrid tight end from Tennessee, who is on a four-year $50 million contract with the New England Patriots. 
with 31 million guaranteed. How do you feel about these moves? Uh, I really love it. I mean, I know I'm biased. Yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna love all the moves. Uh, pretty much all of them. Well, unless if your team went out and signed Cody Parkey, you know that's a little bit different. <laughs> Cody Parkey, <laughs> signed Akeem uh, 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 Talib, you know. Yeah, just pass interference. Akeem Talib, man, come on the show to insult Akeem Talib. Akeem Talib is a legend, dude. Akeem Talib was a Patriots guy too, and a while back too. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, I really like it. I really like it. The power, we're going to get that power run going. But also, you have Hunter Henry, who is just a smart, he, he's a great route runner, and Johnny Smith, who is a freak athlete. Johnny Smith hybrid, he can do anything. He's fast, he's strong. I love it, but we're going to have two, two, like we're going to have a killer duo at tight end. Almost like a Jerome Bettis type guy, you know, in the yeah. backfield. Like, yeah. He's, he's, he's. I love I love the acquisition of Hunter Henry. I mean, you, you can't have too many good tight ends. I mean, you can you, your offense just gets so much more dynamic. So, do you think who do you think is going to be the number one receiving target on this team next year? Nelson Aguilar. I would I would think that many Patriots fans are still holding out hope for Nikhil Harry, but. No, 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 absolutely. No, get no. him out of here. Trade no. him to Washington, Los Angeles. There's okay. trade interest in him. Get him out. They think they have untapped potential. Give us their draft pick. He does not have untapped potential. He just has. He, he like shows one bright spot, and then he dropped everything. Drop. He dropped an easy first down against the Broncos in the last drive. Four, oh yeah, four, yeah, four, yeah I remember that. Cam throws a perfect pass. Nikhil Harry oh, stutters. Let's it run, go right by him. Oh yeah. You know, Nikhil Harry is. He just makes too many mistakes. You know, I'm. You know what? We we got Kendrick Bourne. He's going to fill up that role that Nikhil Harry was supposed to fill. Nikhil Harry, please get him out. Okay, so we got a little Nikhil Harry rant. Okay, I mean, I I was, you know, sort of at, you know, sort of poking the bear on this one because I knew that you don't like Nikhil Harry at all, but you know, I I don't I don't love him really either as a player. I mean, you know, only really because I thought that he was going to be this legendary player in the NFL. Basically, DK Metcalf is what Nikhil Harry is supposed to be. We skipped out on DK Metcalf, but Brandon Ayuk as well? Yeah. Yeah, we skipped out on both. No, Brandon Ayuk was uh, this year's draft, I believe. He was? Yeah. That, we, I don't know. We skipped out. It was A.J. Brown. A.J. Yeah. Brown. There we go. Yeah, DK and Metcalf and A.J. Brown. And Terry McLaurin, too. But, Terry like, McLaurin. but you know, he was a fifth-round guy, so he that was. don't really matter yeah. that much. But A.J. Brown and DK Metcalf, two other freak athletes, just like Harry was supposed to be. Two other freak athletes, faster than Harry, stronger than Harry, now, do you think Nikhil Harry is worse than J.J. Arcega-Whiteside? Absolutely. He, Absolutely. This dude, he's not fat. Nikhil Harry's not fat. He doesn't have good route running. Sure, he can go up and catch a pass. Go up and catch it. Every now and again, he can go do that. But he is worse in charge of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, if you didn't know, was drafted ahead of all three star receivers for the 2019 class. Tennessee's AJ Brown, Seattle's DK Metcalf, who was one of the leads, uh, the league's leaders in receiving yards this year, and then Washington's Terry McLaurin, a fan favorite, a uh, favorite of mine as well too. So, you believe that who is going to be? Who do you think is going to be the number one receiving target on this team in 2020? I have to, I have to go Johnny Smith. I, I have to go Johnny Smith. He, he's the guy. He's going to open up the defense. You have Nelson Aguilar going over top. Hunter Henry, you know, going his underneath, his normal underneath route. And Edelman, if he even plays, his normal slants. 
Johnny Smith just opens up the defense. You know, it's something that linebackers have to keep up with. You, you, you can't react. You have to react to Johnny. You can't prepare for him. You have to react to his motion. You know, when he makes a cut, you have to, you know, there's no like preparing for him. You have to react to him in the moment. That is why I think he's going to be Patriots number one receiving. You know, Cam, Cam Newton, if he's their number one quarterback, you know, Cam Newton, I think John o. Smith, Cam Newton, perfect. Uh, he reminds me of Kelvin Benjamin a little back in Carolina, John o. Maybe just a little higher work. Yeah, a little less fast. A little less fast. <laughs> yeah, a little less fast. Kelvin Benjamin, a little less trips to uh, Caesar's Pizza there, you know, down in uh, down there in shot. Uh, but really, I think that that's an unorthodox choice, Johnny Smith. But then again, what isn't unorthodox about what the Patriots are doing right now? I mean, can we just pause for a second to really examine what the Patriots are doing right now with the amount, with the way that they're going? They are going back in time with their offense. I mean, this is an offense where you've got uh, Damian Harris running back. Yep. You got uh, James White. He's still on the team. Yeah, James White's still on the team. Yeah, Sony Michelle's still on the team. Yes, yeah, sadly. Really? Sadly. Oh, you don't like Sony Michelle either? Yeah, absolutely not. He, <laughs> he like Nikhil Harry can show that he can be good. His first season, really good, really good. But like other, like all running backs, they, they leave quick. You know? Yeah. They're out as quick as they as quick as they're in. You know? Michelle had a good first season. Second season stuttered. This season was just not it. I don't okay, want Sony. I don't, you know, Harris provides more upside. White provides more upside. There's better running backs than Sony Michelle. Yeah, man, we got another rant about Sony Michelle. I mean, some of these Patriots draft busts can't catch a break, man. And honestly, if I was a New England Patriots fan, this is kind of how I felt about Garrett Bowles for the last three years until he had hit the breakout season that he did. Uh, the Patriots are going back in time with their offense, and I love it. I love that Cam Newton, Damian Harris, Jonu Smith, all these guys that can run the ball up the middle. Uh, I, I just I, – I really admire Bill Belichick's ingenuity when it comes to these style of building a team uh, and, and, and doing the exact opposite of uh, something that Kansas City or Buffalo has done where they build the passing game first. Uh, it, it's – it's fun to watch some some old grit and grind football. It's fun to watch teams pound the ball up the middle and then have a stifling defense. Now, if the Patriots secondary is going to return to form in 2022, I believe it's going to be. Damn, the years go fast, man. Then we will see if this team can compete for a playoff berth. Now, we are done with the New England Patriots section of the show. However, we do have another segment of the show that I am going to do with my guest, Gavin Kelly. We are going to do a mock draft. He's going to read off his picks. He's going to give his reasoning. I'm going to give my input, and I'm going to give the pick that I would make in that personal uh, in in that situation. And I will grade his picks from A to F with no pluses, by the way. All right. All right. So we're going to start the mock draft now. At number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me set the scene for you a little bit. 
This was one of the most exquisite tank jobs in the history of the NFL. These Jacksonville Jaguars representatives stripped their roster down to the barest of bones. They cut their former all-pro defensive end Yannick Ngakwe. They cut their former 1,000-yard running back Leonard Fournette. And they sucked. And they and they sucked. And they never got the credit for tanking. I would like to congratulate Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, for this genius move that you have pulled off. If you didn't know, the New York Jets at one point in the year were 0-11. And we're in the driver's seat to get one of the best quarterback prospects of the last decade. And they won a game. They won a game. This is one of the biggest failures in NFL history because this team, the New York Jets, is now going to lose on the quarterback that the Jacksonville Jaguars are about to select. And we all know who it is. Would you mind giving me the honors of telling me who the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to select? Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah, it's Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> no, no it's, it's Trevor Lawrence. There's no question. I mean, I don't want to hear Charlie Casserly going on. Yeah. Oh, they're going to draft uh, Devonta Smith. They're going to go with a defensive lineman, offensive no. Yeah, they're going to go with uh, Mac Jones at number one. <laughs> Mac Jones, number not, not a chance. Trevor Lawrence is going number one. And that he's, he's a lock at number one. Zach Wilson, number two to the Jets. Pretty much a lock as well. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, Zach Wilson – uh, my, my opinion on the Trevor Lawrence pick, I love it for the Jaguars. I love that their young core, uh, LaVisca Chenault, probably my favorite football player I've ever seen in my life, uh, played at Colorado for a while, was a stud. Uh, DJ Chark hopefully can turn his career around from the disappointing sophomore season that he had. However, uh, it's not the end of the world if he doesn't turn it around because the Jacksonville Jaguars have another first-round pick this year. So if they want to go draft – Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, maybe even my personal favorite receiver in the draft, Amari Rodgers, they could do it. And hook Trevor Lawrence up with a possible wideout too. Now, Trevor Lawrence is incredible for many reasons. I encourage you to go watch his film. Uh, he can in evade people a lot better than I think people give him credit for, make these tight window throws, very mobile in the pocket, and overall just a very complete quarterback prospect. And then Zach Wilson, uh, who many people are mocking to the Jets. I don't love this pick. I don't love Zach Wilson uh, compared to Justin Fields. I think that Justin Fields is just overall a better prospect than Zach Wilson. But Zach Wilson can still play football. The issue with him is going to be if his success is entirely dependent on making these throws that are not going to be available in the NFL. And we will see if these throws translate. There are some of them, though. Some of the highlight plays that Zach Wilson has are not going to be open in the NFL. And he needs the right head coach to engineer a scheme around him. And I don't think Robert Sala is that coach. For as brilliant of a defensive mind and a leader of men that Robert Sala is, he's not that offensive guy. And I don't know who the offensive coordinator down there in New York is, but that's a tall task to get Zach Wilson to work in the NFL. Again, it is a risk worth taking because if he, if he succeeds, 
then you have a franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. But I don't like the odds of that happening. No, I, I completely agree. Zach Wilson, I think he's a Jets player. The Jets are going to pick him because, you know, they think they have his talent. But I don't like him as a player either. Well, I don't <laughs> – I, I like him as a player. He has some glaring – he has some glaring issues. Like his deep ball, people give him a lot of credit for his deep ball. He does not – his deep ball is not as as people give it. He had some pretty good receivers at BYU. That's BYU, right? Yeah. Yeah, BYU. yeah. But he, he underthrew a lot of balls. He underthrew a lot of passes. I mean, he, he's trying to he's trying to do a little too much on the field. The Jets can get him to settle down, make the make the easy throws. He'll be pretty good. Now for number three, I have Mac Jones of the 49ers. I Kyle Shanahan, I think Mac Jones is the perfect Kyle Shanahan player. I don't like Mac Jones as a player either, but I think Kyle Shanahan likes him. He's gonna hand the ball off. And I mean, that's what the 49ers need him to do. Yeah, I mean, personally for me, I, I strongly disagree with this pick, respectfully. Um, I think that the Mac Jones hype to the 49ers thing is probably a smokescreen. Uh, and I do think that seeing Kyle Tannehan is not an idiot. He knows that his team is on the clock. And he also knows what happened in 2019 in the Super Bowl. Oh, before we had to wear masks, before COVID. There was a game that was played and it was one of the most disgraceful games that I have ever watched because these 49ers had a 20 to 10 lead going into the third quarter and they squandered it because Jimmy Garoppolo missed Emmanuel Sanders on a wide open touchdown pass. Now that's not the type of stuff that you need to happen. And I think that Kyle Shanahan has learned from his mistake. He's not going to draft a pocket quarterback. And he is going to draft, in my opinion, the best quarterback in this draft, Justin Fields. Justin Fields is incredibly accurate downfield and is one of the most athletic quarterbacks of all time coming out of the draft. Just needs some a little bit of refining uh, and needs a system that will cater to him where he's pushing the ball downfield with as little reads as possible. You got yourself an all-pro there. But I do think that the Mac Jones pick is possible. However, just to be clear, Justin Fields is having a second pro day, just so you know, with with uh, with Kyle Shanahan yeah, in yeah, attendance. Yeah. yeah. So Number five. Number, no, no, number four, Atlanta, Atlanta. I have Atlanta trading their pick away to New England Patriots for two first-round picks. Patriots number 15 pick, the Patriots first-round pick next year. That Bill Belichick, all the rumors have been going around. We got trades in this month? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Straight up to four. Bill Belichick. I, I I love the rumors going around. Apparently, he loves Fields, and I love Fields too. Fields is a tough player. I don't know. Were you watching the Clemson game? He took a nasty shot. Yeah, broke, I broke a few ribs. Yeah, he came back. Was it forty-seven? The guy, the same guy that got ejected uh, the uh, the year before that. Yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. Number forty-seven. One of the, the Clemson's best players took a nasty shot on Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields broke a few ribs. Comes back next play, throws a touchdown pass. Justin Fields is one of the toughest quarterbacks you'll ever meet. He gets hit. He, he pops right back up. He played with a broken rib. I could be wrong. I, I'm almost certain he played with a broken rib. But and just so we know on this show, just, I think you can you can agree with this. There's no talk. There's one rule on this show. Justin Fields, if you're coming on this show, 
you got to admit that Justin Fields has worth that work ethic. Okay. Justin Fields doesn't not like the game of football. Okay, boys. Okay. That's not a reality. Dan Orlovsky said, Justin, I don't like Justin Fields. Dan Orlovsky. For, for last one in, first one out. Dan Orlovsky is the same guy that ran out of the back of the end zone for the Lions. He should not show his face on TV after doing that. I mean, he was the last one in and the first one out. He was the last pick of the draft and the first one to run out of the end zone for safety. So, you know, I mean, I mean, there's that. I mean, Dan Orlovsky was last in, first out. You know, but I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, not in a good way. So, yeah. I don't know how Orlovsky can say that about Fields. And I mean, if you watch Fields, he is just such – he's high motor. He's always going. He's giving it his all. They could be down like in the Alabama game. He is going out there trying his hardest for the team. He loves football. And if Mac Jones loved football so much, he'd get his weight down. <laughs> that's just the stretch. That's the reality of it. Isn't that, isn't that the case, man? Isn't that true? Yeah, it is. It is completely true. Mac Jones – I don't know if anybody saw the Twitter post, like him smoking a cigar. He has, he, I mean, he might, I think. And it wasn't like Joe Burrow either, but it was badass. Yeah, no, no, no. He, he was like, he was like the 40-year-old drunk dad. He like the beer belly. I mean, this dude is not, Mac Jones is not high motor. He, he said he takes credit for being like Tom Brady before the draft. You cannot credit yourself for being like Tom Brady before the draft. Yeah, you can't credit yourself to be like Tom Brady if you're mocked to be a first-round pick, bro. Yeah. And if you were, if you had a really successful college career, get out of here, You can't man. take credit for being out of shape. You just can't. It's not going to happen. If you were the next Tom Brady, then you'd be going number one, bro. I'm sorry, but it's not happening. And the other thing, Brady has a high work ethic. He doesn't quit. He won't quit. He's, his wife is going to force him to quit in three years. Giselle is going to force Brady to quit, and Brady's going to become a broadcaster because he can't keep himself away from the game. Brady... That's the thing, Matt Jones. He's okay. He 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 is not high work ethic. That that's my that's my feeling. I mean, I, I think I think that I think we gotta go. We gotta get easy on this because anybody who 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 gets to the highest level of of a sport has high work ethic. But, but compared compared to some of these compared other to Fields. It's the difference is night and day. Yes. You'll never hear Justin Fields talking about himself. You never hear Justin Fields talking. That's all I'm saying. You see Zach Wilson with the, you know, the, the thing, the, the headband on, you know, anytime, any place. Yeah, you. That's why you guys got beat by Coastal Carolina. You know, that's 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 exactly any team, any place. That's why you guys would have gotten smoked if you were in the playoff. That's why you know. I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence even it sometimes taught you know. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence does seem like a really humble guy, but, you know, even even he sometimes can get uh, a little bit, you know, high on himself like it, it does seem in, in games. Justin Fields is keeping his head down, and he is – it is disgraceful that people are calling him a low-ethic work, work ethic guy. Absolutely. Now, at number five, Cincinnati, I have them taking Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, interesting pick here. I know Joe Burrow. I know Joe, Joe Burrow needs the offensive lineman. I understand. Panay Sewell, there's questions about Panay Sewell. I think Rashawn Slater is better than Sewell. But I have Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts brings like some – he's just like a next level. Like he's a player that – you have Tyler Boyd on the team. Tyler Boyd, number one receiver. You have T. Higgins, who could be good, could be really good, but also could just be – I mean – To whatever. me, T. Higgins was the second best rookie receiver of this class yeah. this year. Yeah. And then at your running back, you had Joe Mixon. You pair Kyle Pitts and Joe Mixon. Kyle Pitts has really good blocking as well. I think Joe Mixon runs wild. Kyle Pitts runs wild. 
Tyler Boyd does okay. I had him in fantasy. He did okay. Yeah. As always. Yeah, yeah. So that's Tyler Boyd for you. Always gonna, always gonna talk, never gonna put up numbers. That's the thing about Tyler Boyd. Hold on, I just gotta stop my dog from barking first. Hey, dog, shut up! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very sorry about this. Hey, actually, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sorry at all. Because we're a low-quality operation, and that's the type of stuff that we do because I forgot to hit the stop recording button. Did I even want to? Did I just want to show everybody how dominant I am over this dog? Look, this, this here dog's not barking anymore. Because that's the dead ass, the type of person that I am. Okay. My opinion on this Kyle Pitts to Cincinnati thing in a perfect, this pick is entirely dependent on if Jonah Williams is the answer at left tackle there, and I don't think he is. They did bring in a great offensive tackle into uh, Cincinnati. Oh no, they did. They brought in Trey Hendrickson. No, they blew money on Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, it was Trey Hendrickson. Pretty overrated. Yep, very, very. Uh, they did bring in some offensive linemen, though, there in Cincinnati. So I do think that the Penesul pick is not necessary, but I'm still going to give it to him here because you you invested a uh, you did invest uh, a number one overall pick in LSU product Joe Burrow, and before his rookie, uh, before his injury, I would argue he was a better rookie than Justin Herbert. Uh, impressive ability to read down the field. Uh, deep ball is a little bit weak. But if he gets time in the pocket to read, he will get better with that. And that's why I'm saying T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, and get him his protector, Penny Sewell. It won't fix it because obviously the entire offensive line has to help as well. You know, one offensive lineman can't make that difference. But as we've seen with this most recent Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with their 14th overall pick, Tristan Wirfs, it sure helps a lot if you get one of these tackles. So I am taking uh, I am taking Penny Suo there just because of his freakish upside. He also does have guard flexibility. Uh, but I have no problem with the, the Kyle Pitts selection as well, if you want. So six is the Dolphins, who, who traded up in a blockbuster deal to get the number six pick, and Philadelphia moved back. Who do you have taken? I have them taking Jalen Waddle. Two attack of Iowa. I don't. I don't like the Jamar Chase. I like Jalen Waddle to attack Iowa with Alabama. He went crazy because he had receivers with 15 plus yards of separation. He had Henry Ruggs. He had Jerry Judy. He had Jalen Waddle. He had Devonta Smith, and I'm forgetting one of them. But look, he had so many Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. There you go. Five. That's five guys that would have 15 plus yards of separation each play. Just he, he, he'd have everybody to throw to. That's why he was so good at Alabama. They need somebody. They need somebody to get that separation. Jamar Chase doesn't get that separation. Jalen Waddle does. I have them taking Jalen Waddle. Okay, Jalen Waddle. A lot of Tyreek Hill comparisons. I don't know how I feel about that, but I do know that this is the pick that I love here for uh, for Miami. I wouldn't change a thing about this pick. I, I love it. I love the fact that Jamar Chase uh, is – he's not – like. Devontae Parker has a lot of Jamar Chase in him, you know, and he's obviously Jamar Chase is probably going to be a better player than Devontae Parker ever was. 
But I think that Jalen Waddle getting some getting a guy who can really get that separation off, that is going to be important. Absolutely. Number seven, we have the Detroit Lions traded Matthew Safford for Jared Goff. Two first round picks, right? Yep. I have them taking Jamar Chase. Jared Jamar Goff, Chase. Jared. So if you if you didn't know, Trey Lance. Trey Lance has fallen. Yeah, Trey Lance is one. They're probably – if they're sitting here with Trey Lance at seven, they're probably getting tons of tra- – they're probably getting trade offers. You know, for, uh, football team, even maybe even the Vikings want new quarterback. Broncos maybe. Broncos maybe. But I like Jamar Chase because Jared Goff never – I don't think he's ever had that big, you know, go up and get it guy. Yeah. He doesn't have – he had Brandon Cooks. He had Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Three small guys. Yeah. These guys aren't the guys who are going to go up and catch it. That's what Jamar Chase is. Jamar Chase will go up and catch your ball. Jared Goff – can't throw that. We saw. We, we can see he can he can sling the rock. Jamar Chase is the perfect player. I think they'll have some good chemistry together. Yeah, I think Jamar Chase is definitely a a, a good pick if he is available at number seven for Detroit. Um, I like I like having the confidence in not taking a quarterback here, a developmental QB. I don't know if Dan Campbell is the right guy to develop Trey Lance. I just don't. Uh, Dan Campbell is the new head coach of the Detroit Lions. He's talking about biting off kneecaps while Trey Lance has not thrown a single interception uh, in his entire North Dakota State career. So I would be really intrigued to see what he could do at a different team, but not Detroit. Uh, I love this pick here. As he said, I mean, I love Robert Woods. He's one of my favorite players of all time. But really, he's right. The the um. The Los Angeles Rams never really gave Jared Goff the right receivers to work with for his talents. And I think that Jared Goff is sort of a low-level quarterback uh, in the NFL where he needs a guy who can make it a lot easier for him. And that's exactly what Jamar Chase is. So I am fine with this selection right here for the Detroit Lions. Hopefully they can speed up their rebuild. So at number eight, I have the Carolina Panthers selecting in high school. I have them skipping. I have them skipping on Trey Lance. I have them skipping on Trey Lance. And they traded. They traded for uh, Sam Darnold for a reason. They think they have something. I don't think they have something. But I think they're going to go with Panay Sewell. Panay Sewell, a big, big offensive lineman. He'd be a, an awesome help for their offensive line. Get McCaffrey, you know, McCaffrey, Darnold, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Just get them a little bit more time. You know, that's yeah, what Sewell's totally, going to do. Totally, yeah. You buy them more time. McCaffrey, you buy, you, you, it's perfect for him. McCaffrey, yeah, Curtis Samuel's gone now too, yeah, though. Curtis Samuel's gone. I mean, yeah, they, they could go Devonta Smith, but they don't need that third receiver. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Robbie Anderson had a, had a career year. DJ Moore, really, I really love DJ, love DJ Moore. Moore. Yeah, he's a great player. Yeah, yeah, I love him in Maryland. He was one of my favorite Maryland yeah, players yeah. ever. Um, yeah, I love Panay Sewell to the Panthers. Get the players more time. That's what Carolina needed, more time last year. Yeah, make concern. So I love this pick here. If Panay Sewell is there, you take him. And honestly, I'm thinking about the Panthers now taking uh, Slater at eight because they're obviously not in the hunt for a quarterback anymore. So I'm I'm totally open to the idea of either Sewell or Slater here. But we are going to give – the Panthers surely are not going to make the same mistake as uh, the New York Jets where they did not get him an offensive lineman. Uh we will see if Panay Sewell is that guy. More than likely he is. Um, 
but it is certainly worth the risk getting your new QB of the future, Sam Darnold, an offensive lineman to help protect him. Okay, number nine. Declan's Denver Broncos. Oh, man. What's to, oh, Trey Lance. I haven't selected Trey Lance because Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and maybe, who knows, maybe even KJ Hamler, <laughs> if Hamler does something. Uh, they, they they need a quarterback that is not going to – that's not going to make the mistake. Drew Locke – Trey Lance is the quarterback. Drew Locke is the quarterback that makes the mistake. Drew Locke makes the mistakes. He takes the risks. Lance does not. Lance is cold and calculated. He will make the right read. He, he is the – I think he's the perfect player for them. I mean, Kate, I mean, you look at Jerry Judy, what he did with Drew Locke and Brett Rippian. Brett Rippian, and even for one game, he had uh, Kendall Hinton playing. Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton. Broncos all, legend. All-time all time, Yeah, all-time all great Broncos. For the wrong reasons. Yeah. All-time great. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, By the way, I was pulling my hair out when that game actually happened. You know, I – it was close. Disgraceful. Yeah, it was. It was, it was close, close in the beginning. And that's when I knew the Saints were going to lose their playoff game. And that's when yeah, I knew. I mean, yeah, it's the Saints in the playoffs. I mean, what do you? Yeah, think? Saints, Saints in the playoffs. If it's not the Vikings, it's them screwing up, making some stupid yeah, mistake. I mean, it's the Saints in the playoffs. But yes, Trey Lance, the Broncos. I think outside of Justin Fields, there's no better player that is more <laughs> the Broncos than Trey Lance. I yeah, personally, like I love the Justin Fields pick. Uh, I, I would rather have nobody else on the roster but Justin Fields besides Deshaun Watson if he can ever clear his off-the-field issues up. Um, uh, I'm not going to get into that on this episode, man, because that's just too heavy. Um, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, dive into that uh, thing. But, you know, there are some teams that are looking for a quarterback, and the Broncos sure are one. Broncos have an incredible roster. Uh, have an incredible defense and great offense. They are the definition of a quarterback away. The issue is Trey Lance is a developmental quarterback, but do Broncos fans have the patience to wait maybe two more years for Trey Lance to get good? That's the question because maybe in two years, Kansas City's not going to be as good as it is. And obviously LA is the team of the future in the, uh, AFC West, the Raiders aren't going anywhere. So, I mean, you know, the, the Broncos could be in a prime position to compete with their new, basically super team. If they get Trey Lance, I'm, I'm liking this pick here at nine. It's worth the risk. Yeah, it definitely is. Now at number 10, uh, the Cowboys selecting Patrick Sertan. I, I mean, Rashawn Slater's there. You, you might want to, you know, get that offensive line back, but that's not what they need. They need defense. Yeah, Dak had to be slinging the rock every play. He had he had no running. Zeke Elliott was I drafted him with my first pick in fantasy because my computer lagged. I yeah. was picking Derrick Henry, and I'm, I've never been more mad in my entire life. Zeke Elliott was he just completely fell off, but it forced Dak Prescott to have to keep throwing, keep throwing, and keep throwing, and that is why they need a defensive player that's just gonna. Let Dak have a little more leisure. You know, he's just gonna, yeah, yeah. He's gonna be able to like, you know, take a deep breath. We got this. I don't have to swing the rock. Exactly, over. exactly. I don't have to commit a turnover. You know, I don't gotta. Maybe I can hand it off to my fat running back, and maybe he can make a play. No, no hate towards Ezekiel Elliott, friend of the show, totally. Uh, you know, but but um, yeah, I, I agree. Patrick Sertan, good pick here. Not my cornerback number one in the draft. Cornerback number one to me would probably be J.C. Horn. However. Uh, based off potential, probably Caleb Farley. 
Uh, Pat Sertan was on the train of the Broncos drafting him over Farley for a while. Uh, then I kind of watched a little bit more of his film and wasn't as impressed as I was with Caleb Farley and uh, Horn. But that is going to do it for picks one through ten of the mock draft. Uh, we're going to do some some other – we're going to do uh, – Another episode, like really close. I'm going to call him in. You know, have a, have a revised draft the day of the draft. We're going to come in, get up. He's going to send me his list, and we're just going to. Right, you know, we're just going. We're just going to get in. You know, we're. I'll, I'll get into the, the 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 pre-draft show. I'll probably live stream it, uh, and we're just going to talk about how uh, how teams are going to approach their draft this year. Now, if you want to see some draft guides, I can do in-depth draft guides on certain teams uh, in the future. Just request that. Uh, as always, just a huge thanks to our guest, our guest today, man. Stand up, gentlemen. Completely awesome. Just, just, just great. If you like this episode, you can always follow my Twitter at DD88Hybrid. Till next time. Bro, peace out.